Blog Talk Radio. Are you tired of being sheep? Well, so is he. Get a friend, get informed, and get involved. It's We Are Not Cattle Radio. Good evening and welcome to We Are Not Cattle Radio. I am your host, Jake Counts, coming to you live from Atlanta, Georgia. It is the 21st day of November 2013, uh, Thursday night. Thank you so much for joining us. As always, thank you to my live listening audience. You guys are much appreciated. Once again, carving out some time in the evening, and I feel very honored that uh, you make it a somewhat ritual, not like a pagan thing, but... um, just a, a factoid thing, I guess, trying to um, get all your facts straight and get yourself primed and ready for the real world that awaits you. So um, we are going to cover a few things tonight. I might have some call-in guests. I got a, a friend of a couple of friends of mine that uh, run their own podcast that might be uh, jumping on with us here in a little bit. But um, the phones are going to be open here in about the next 15 minutes. I've got uh, a couple of clips to play for you guys. In honor of JFK's um, 50th anniversary assassination, we are going to be focusing in a little bit on conspiracies tonight. The definition of conspiracy and conspiracy theory has actually been slandered, and it was um, propagated through the mainstream media as well as the FBI in one of their documents that was declassified, um, stating that that would be the best way to deal with people that don't believe the official um, – Fairy tale, My Little Pony fable bullet that um, went through John F. Kennedy, um, circumnavigated the globe a couple of times, and then went through the gentleman in front of him, and then went out his um, wrist, and then out his leg, and then magically appeared in the hospital completely intact with no bullet fragments anywhere. But as one of my friends pointed out, the Discovery Channel reenacted everything, so therefore it has to be true because the mainstream media especially companies owned by Rupert Murdoch, would never lie to you and never try to manipulate you to gain any kind of advantage. They would just rather you just muddle through life, pay your taxes, which are unconstitutional anyway, and um, yeah, just kind of go on about being a slave. But that's not what we're about here at We Are Not Cattle. Obviously, the name says it all. I'm not a slave. I'm not your food. I'm not a sheep. And so that's what I want my audience to be. I want you to be hungry for the truth. I want you to stand up for you for what you believe in. Whether you believe in aliens from planet Pop-Tart invade this, you know, great galaxy and take over people's spiritual realms and and manipulate politicians or if you just think there are just a bunch of douchebags trying to gain money and power as I do, it doesn't really matter as long as you have conviction and as long as you're willing to stand by your convictions, especially when it comes to matters of natural law versus um, the innate law of the state, and that's um, what we stand for here, is that um, humans have rights. We have inalienable rights that we're born with, and um, it is your duty as a human being on this planet to assert your rights when at all possible, You know, in, in accordance with the quote-unquote law, unless you want to do civil disobedience, which is encouraged because – The world is getting absolutely crazy. So that being said, um, tomorrow, just taking care of some housekeeping stuff. If you live in the Atlanta area, 
We will be protesting from 4 until 7 p.m. I guess it's considered a rally um, tomorrow from 4 until 7 p.m. at the private Federal Reserve in downtown Atlanta. Please be sure to show up if you are in the Atlanta area or even if you get off of work. Hey, instead of sitting in Atlanta traffic, why don't you come and hang out with us? People that know what's going on, people that know that the casino mafia has actually invaded Wall Street and then um, taking over through the Federal Reserve System in collaboration with them has really rigged the market and rigged the game, and they're trying to push you to, to, towards a one-world state, which will not be good for anybody because it will be run by the elitist class. So thank you for joining me, everyone, tonight. I will start out with a tribute to uh, JFK with his speech. And then we will get into um, some excerpts of some documentaries that I think are fantastic, as well as some interviews that I think are fantastic. Once again, I don't care if you believe the official story, but you better substantiate it with something. You can't just tell me that you watched one show on a mainstream network that got plugged into your television set, owned by Viacom probably, or one of the other large conglomerates that beams all the satellites directly into your television to propagandize you. And if you want to dispute that fact with me, go right ahead. You can call in right now. But here's the main agenda for the show tonight is to get you to question. Because questioning known liars in today's modern society is considered conspiracy theory. So, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, I give you um, John F. Kennedy and his speech and what he said before. The very word secrecy is repugnant in a free and open society. And we are, as a people, inherently and historically opposed to secret societies, to secret oaths, and to secret proceedings. We decided long ago that the dangers of excessive and unwarranted concealment of pertinent facts far outweighed the dangers which are cited to justify it. Even today, there is little value in opposing the threat of a closed society by imitating its arbitrary restrictions. Even today, there is little value in ensuring the survival of our nation if our traditions do not survive with it. And there is very grave danger that an announced need for increased security will be seized upon by those anxious to expand its meaning to the very limits of official censorship and concealment. That I do not intend to permit to the extent that it's in my control. And no official of my administration, whether his rank is high or low, civilian or military, should interpret my words here tonight as an excuse to censor the news, to stifle dissent, to cover up our mistakes, or to withhold from the press and the public the facts they deserve to know. For we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence, on infiltration instead of invasion, on subversion instead of elections, on intimidation instead of free choice, on guerrillas by night instead of armies by day. It is a system which has conscripted vast human and material resources into the building of a tightly knit, highly efficient machine that combines military, diplomatic, intelligence, economic, scientific, 
and political operations. Its preparations are concealed, not published. Its mistakes are buried, not headlined. Its dissenters are silenced, not praised. No expenditure is questioned, no rumor is printed, no secret is revealed. And there you go, ladies and gentlemen. That will kick off. And gee, I wonder why the CIA had that guy whacked. So joining me on the line right now, um, and I'm going to go over some clips here in just a moment, but joining me on the line is um, from Post Politics on Liberty Movement Radio, uh, Trip Pugh. Trip, thanks so much for joining us, man. Thanks for having me, man. It's always a pleasure. Well, um, Trip, what do you make of the um, – the famous, the famous My Little Pony bullet that um, that went through um, JFK and rattled around and circumnavigated the globe, and then, you know, went into two different, um, actually had two different exit wounds through the passenger right in front of him, making a kind of a zigzag snake-like serpent um, uh, path in order to um, in order to um, you know propagate the the famous um, the famous magic bullet shot by Lee Harvey Oswald, who was admitted um, who was admitted CIA deep cover. What do you make of well, this? I don't I, I don't know if you've ever read it, and everybody can take this for what it's worth. But I really love uh, Jesse Ventura's books, and um, I, I the first big one that he came out with the uh, the American conspiracies. Uh, really broke this down and really um, not not just sort of dispelled a lot of this, but also got deep deeper into who Lee Harvey Oswald was and his background. I think that mm-hmm. it's very vague when you look at history books and um, you know the the modern day account of it. Um, so that's one thing that I think that everybody should research. Um, mm-hmm. Number two. This is this is the type of thing to end all be all as far as the kind of garbage that we're dealing with now in modern day quote conspiracy culture. Eighty percent of Americans living be- don't believe the magic bullet theory. And, and no, so but it was on the what, Discovery Network trip. I mean, it has to be true. They can't put it on Discovery if it's not true. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm filing the lawsuit immediately. But um, they. they <laughs> They, they, uh, when this happened, in the Warren Commission, which is basically you know the fifty-year-old nine uh, eleven uh, commission at this point, sure, has, has um, you know this this really opened up America to, and I, I forget I was on, I, I was talking about this with somebody else, and uh, you know it passes me. I'm on a lot of different shows, and it, hell, it might have been mine for all I know, but they uh I, I was talking about um, so many different factors went into this JFK thing. I mean, let's look at this. We yeah. had this Hollywood scandal with people like uh, Marilyn Monroe and whatnot. We had the Teamsters deal. We yep. had uh, we had the Bay of Pigs. Yep. We had we had uh, probably most the- notably most people that we we associate with is the um, Vietnam deal. The, uh, yep, the, the, the admitted dying down and pulling out of Vietnam and the admitted dying down of the Cold War, yeah. And, and, and Johnson was uh, more than happy to say that he would go ahead and do that, hence your Gulf of Tonkin and whatnot. But I did bring this up on another show as well. A, another little known fact is that 
John F. Kennedy started, and I have one, a a John F. Kennedy United States note Lincoln $5 bill. Executive order 11110, correct. There you go. And so, uh, <laughs> I mean, this, the chips are really stacked against this guy. And from my, my research of uh, JFK is a guy that was, you know, playing ball but sort of had a consciousness awakening in the midst of um, presidency and, and all of these other things, but partied like a rock star as well. You sure. know, a little arrogant. But, um, you know, so there's all these different things that go into this story, which makes it so epic. And uh, really, absolutely, and his and his family, uh, the Kennedy family, and the Onassis family, are very, very high up in the chain of command and the chain of power. I, I mean, if anybody understands, or if anybody has done any conspiracy research on um, on those two separate families, you know what I'm talking about. And I don't want to get into that because it'll really dilute the conversation we're having now. But continue, man. Go ahead. Oh, just um, yeah. I mean, those families, as well as um, you know, uh, the Bushes uh, were, were a sure. part of that crowd way back in the day as well. I mean, these mm-hmm. are these are basically what are considered the royal families of the United States at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, years and years and generations and generations ahead of time. You know, sure, uh, and and the bloodlines and where they trace their, their lineage back to. Yeah, they're all. For some reason, uh, elitist families are very obsessed, whether it be the Huxleys or the Wedgwoods. You know, they're all very, very obsessed with, with bloodlines for some reason. Yeah, and, um, you know, I think I – think, uh, I, I, I don't want to – I really don't want to compare people like the Bushes and the Kennedys to uh, the Rockefellers and the Rothschilds because, in all honesty – as much as you might dislike or like, you know, some of these families, uh, it, it doesn't make any sense because these are not. Um, it, it's American money. It's basically new money. It's white trash with money. Um, is, is what it's been for American imperialism. This, this is the and, and celebrity culture as sure. far as that concerned. These are not the people that are really pulling the strings. They're like the redheaded stepchild of the of the uh, banking uh, elite. No, they're you know? they're middle management. You're right. They're they're sure. the they're the middle management of the pyramid. Correct. But yeah, not to get too off topic there, but you know uh, the magic bullet theory, and and it, like I really want to drive that point home. Um, recent polls, uh, you know, rate anywhere from like seventy to eighty-five percent of Americans don't believe in the official uh, John F. Kennedy story. It's it's uh, I hope a matter of time where uh, we see in our lifetime as we grow older. Um, before this all gets declassified, hopefully, eventually, that uh, people start thinking about things like 9/11 in the same way. Well, let's let's hope that we can at least get people to question, and that's all that you know. That's all we're trying to provoke with this conversation and all the other conversations that we have, whether it's on whether it's on your show or my show or um, or any of the other alternative media sources. See, the, the media that currently exists today, the state-run propaganda media that currently exists, they will typically tout a narrative. They, You know, um, you interviewed Ben Swan, much like I did. You guys talked about similar stuff and, and how media is actually transmitted to the public through wire stories and things like that where – where the big conglomerates, the big, you know, there's three or four real um, wire, I guess, wire communities or wire 
leading entities out there. And then once they write a story, it gets um, it gets pushed down and segmented down to either a, a nationalized story, like the um, if the Associated Press comes out with something, or the Associated Foreign Press. It gets pushed down to a mid-level group, and then it'll get pushed down to your local news. And that's why if you slip back and forth from like CNN to your local news, they'll be reading the same story with the same verbiage. And the best one that you can ever find out there is like the the uh, the Easter Bunny one. And I I can't remember where it is, but I reposted it on um, on Facebook. I should probably add that to my um, to one of my tabs underneath my um, my website because it does really get your 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 head. Your head thinking and, and and pointing you in the right direction, saying that, wait a minute. So it just seems like that they're all just parroting, and we all know that anybody that has done any conspiracy research or uh, as as Josh likes to call it, conspiratology, that um, that it's Operation Mockingbird where they take a a segment and they repeat it and repeat it and repeat it. In, until it just becomes generally accepted as fact, even though it might not be fact, uh, as in WMDs of 9/11. But Trip, before we get you know way off into the JFK stuff, not to say that I don't want to, I do want to play this clip here from um, JFK 2, which is an excellent documentary that comes at it from all different angles, um, talking about the the six uh, doctors that were actually um, that saw JFK. And they all describe the same thing, a bullet wound in the front of the head and then an explosion out the back. And this is where the Warren Commission really falls apart because their theory is, is the bullet came in from the back of the head and then rattled around and you know shot out the front and went through the guy's shoulder and then it went through his wrist and then it went in his leg. So I'm going to play this clip. It's about six minutes long, so Tripp, if you can hold on for it. Uh, then we'll break down what he breaks down here on the, in the clip on the backside. So once again, thanks for listening, everybody. If you're listening live, uh, share the podcast with people you know and people you like. We do try to promote second-level thinking here. Uh, typically, we like to get into um, a little bit more news, but tonight, um, since it is a very hot topic and it's something that could really start a conscious revolution here in America – I think that this, along with the Federal Reserve System, and like Tripp mentioned earlier, the um, the issuance of Executive Order 11110, and then two weeks later, magically, um, the the magic uh, My Little Pony bullet ends up taking the life of our president. But uh, uh, Tripp, can you uh, can you hang on for a few minutes, and then we'll break it down on the backside. You got time? Yeah, for sure. I, I, I'm here. I'm here for you, man. <laughs> oh God! See, that's why I love Trippy. So supportive, everybody. Trip you, everybody. So um, we are going to play this clip, and then we'll break it down on the backside. So hang tight, everybody. It's fascinating. Uh, grab a pen and a piece of paper if you want to take some notes. But um, good stuff. Once again, always think outside the box, and trusting not trusting known liars is a conspiracy theory. Always remember that. The official government version of the murder. The Warren Commission report found that Lee Harvey Oswald fired three shots from the sixth floor of the Dallas School Book Depository building. They tell us that the first shot missed, that the second shot hit both Kennedy and the governor of Texas, and the third shot from behind hit Kennedy in the head and killed him. But it's hard to watch the Zapruder film of Kennedy being thrown violently backward into the left and not think that he was shot from the front. This is Dr. Cyril Wecht. As the former head of the American Academy of Forensic Sciences, he is the expert elected by the experts to represent them. If you have that kind of force 
slamming into the rear of somebody's head, then that should drive the individual forward. But instead, we have him moving backward and to the left. That suggests the very distinct possibility of another shot having been fired in synchronized fashion from the right side, the so-called grassy knoll area. But he's not the only one who thinks there was a shot fired from the grassy knoll. These people are standing in front of the grassy knoll, and they are ducking because they heard a shot fired over their heads. The people you see running are running towards the grassy knoll, heroically trying to catch the assassins. If Kennedy had actually been shot from behind, as the government says, he ought to have a small entrance wound on the back of his head. And this is the Navy doctor that the government got to write this report saying that Kennedy did have this small wound in the back of his head. But there are some things you should know about this guy. In a standard examination, he should have examined Kennedy's clothing for bullet holes. He didn't. In a standard autopsy, he should have dissected all of Kennedy's wounds to trace the bullet's path. He didn't dissect any of Kennedy's wounds. He didn't even realize Kennedy had a throat wound. He later claimed these drawings of his were wrong and that the wounds were actually much higher. He lost Kennedy's brain, which is still missing, and then he burned his notes. He burned his notes. But perhaps we shouldn't be too hard on him because this guy, Dr. James Humes, had never done an autopsy involving gunshot wounds before in his life. So naturally, he was the government's first choice to do the most important autopsy in American history. Dr. Hume's story about a small exit wound in the back of Kennedy's head is today the official government version. But this is not the story the New York Times told on the day Kennedy died. On the left in this picture, we see the New York Times Pulitzer Prize winning reporter Tom Weikert in Dallas outside Parkland Memorial Hospital. He spoke to the doctors who had been called to the emergency room to treat the president, and his story later appeared the same day on the front page. His article states, Later in the afternoon, Dr. Malcolm Perry and attending physician Dr. Kemp Clark, chief of neurosurgery at Parkland Hospital, gave more details. Mr. Kennedy was hit by a bullet in the throat just below the Adam's apple, they said. This wound had the appearance of a bullet's entry. Entry wounds on the front... Mr. Kennedy also had a massive gaping wound in the back and one on the right side of his head. The wound on the right was the entry for the shot from the grassy knoll. The wound in the back was the exit for that bullet that sent Kennedy's brains flying. Today, the doctors are still unanimous in describing a large exit wound in the back of Kennedy's head. I was probably looking into a wound that was on the lateral or the side part of the head and the back part of the head. Uh, it would be this portion of the head right here. As I remember, it's like this, that there was a big wound, big deficit in his skull and the temporal parietal area. If you listen carefully, you will even hear Walter Cronkite admit that the autopsy photos show this large hole in the back of Kennedy's head. The drawing was approved by Dr. McClellan, one of the attending physicians in Dallas. The drawing suggests what many of the photos examined by the doctors in Nova show, a large wound about this size and location. Now, if you're like me, you need to hear that eight or nine more times. 
The drawing suggests what many of the photos examined by the doctors in Nova show, a large wound about this size and location. There is really no room for debate on this point. Kennedy had a huge exit wound in the back of his head because the shot that killed him came from the front and could not have been fired by Oswald, who was behind the president. This information did not start off as a secret. It was made into a secret by constant authoritative denial of the truth. The line continues today. Good evening, I'm Peter Jennings. Forty years after the assassination, the latest ABC News poll tells us that more than two-thirds of Americans still believe there was a conspiracy to kill the president. And Jennings thinks that he's the man to fix this problem, that two-thirds of the American people believe the conspiracy theories that say that the government is lying. What we will do tonight is demonstrate that those theories are wrong. Of course, he will have to lie to do that. This is Malcolm Kildiff, Kennedy's assistant press secretary. He is speaking at a press conference at the Dallas hospital where the president has just been pronounced dead. Please notice the ABC logo. This is from Jennings' video. He died of a gunshot wound in the brain. And they fade the scene out. No more press conference. But now watch this. The same guy, the same press conference, no ABC logo. logo. He died at approximately 1 o'clock. Central Standard Time today here in Dallas. He died of a gunshot wound in the brain. Dr. Berkeley told me it's a, a simple matter, Tom, of, uh, of a bullet right through the head. The yeah, president. and then um, just to let you know, Tripp, if you have never seen that documentary, when the guy talks about um, at the very end where they edit down the scene, of course the mainstream media never edits anything down. That never mm -hmm. happens, you know. But um, he uh, he actually points right to the top of the head where the bullet entry wound was, and he says he died of a bullet to the brain, and he points right to the place where the um, the autopsy would show or would have shown that the that the that the entry bullet from the grassy knoll did take place. So. Um, let's get into this really quick, man. Then I want to get your take on that whole clip that I just played. Or actually, why don't you um, why don't you give me your breakdown on the clip really quick, and then uh, let's talk <laughs> about the uh, the unfortunate, untimely deaths that just happened to happen. I don't know if that's real correct grammar, but oh well, we'll go with it. Sorry, it just, Southern folks. just roll with exactly. It. It's it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that just happened to take place. You know, in the three-year period, all the eyewitnesses, or excuse me, 18 material witnesses, that just, yeah, they just, you know, this bad stuff happened to them. It's just coincidence, man. I mean, kind of like the magic passport. You know, just it just floats down. And man, has it been on an influx in the past just 10 years alone. Let's just narrow it down to just a base time level. 10 years, uh, this seems to be happening every couple months. We, we read about somebody new that, that knew something or was involved in some sort of a deal or a cover-up or a whistleblower. Or, uh, you know, or Michael Hastings' car just randomly <laughs> driving off the road, and uh, I'm going to break I, the – blow the CIA wide open. Oh, really? Don't, <laughs> sure don't, you are. don't do this now. Don't do this now, but I, I like your show because you – I should do this more often. Encourage everybody to grab a pen and some paper. 
Um, guys from Forbes recently, uh, past couple months, um, showed how you could and they and they the same make and model as mm-hmm. Hastings car um, mm-hmm. showed that how you could hack the car and make it look like you know the RPMs are up above you know eight thousand and yet they're going fifteen miles an hour and oh yeah and, and then they they turned the windshield wipers on and blew the horn on the guy and he's like he's right. like pressing the horn trying to get it to stop and he's like dude you what are you doing I He's like, there's over 200 computers in here, and all you need is a, a laptop and some software and some know-how. And, sure. and, and, and we'll, get, we'll get to that. I don't want to get too off topic. but No, that's know, fair please, enough. Please look that up. But, um, yeah, this is, uh, you know, of course, uh, modern-day forensics have come, uh, come full circle and have been greatly expanded, of course, we all know. In 1963... Um, anybody could get away it, with the right intuitiveness could get away with uh, a lot of different crimes. Not so much the case uh, in present years, but um, you know that's that's one aspect of it. And um, one thing that I also think, I, you know, I I think that that clip was um, highly forensic um, mm-hmm. in what they're talking about, and this has also been um, disproved. Uh, and, and I don't think a lot of people talk about this enough as well. And when you look at the make and model of what they claimed was Oswald's gun, mm-hmm. busting off, I don't care how highly trained you are, how quick you are, it is impossible to get off that many rounds in that short of time with that gun. Sure. Um, and that's not something that's I think that's not talked about enough. If you want to go to semantics and and uh, talk about logistics and everything, that's that's something that's uh, a red flag all over the place as well. So, sure, there's little, one thing. It's it's one thing to have some kind of evidence that could be manipulated by physics, and as we all know that. Um, not everything in the world, um, even though physics is pretty bound or you know things are pretty bound by physics, anomalies do happen, and it doesn't mean that it doesn't happen. But when you're talking about things that are actually, like you said, they can be substantiated by trigger pulls and, and time between rounds and time between even the acoustics, and that's what's even better in that, in that documentary. Later on, the um, committee, the House Committee on Assassinations – they did an acoustic um, – I guess it was an acoustic summation of, of the gunshots and all of that, and they said with 95% certainty, uh, 95.5% certainty that Oswald could not have acted alone just because of the, of the sounds of the bullets and like you were saying, the, the – um, I guess the, the amount of fire in, in that short amount of time – it was um it's basically physically impossible not from a human standpoint but from a um from a material standpoint yeah absolutely i mean that's uh it, you know this is a lever action gun excuse me for not knowing the make and model of it but i know for a fact it was a lever um action gun that they mm-hmm. that oswald had and to make those sort of accurate shots from that distance in six seconds, three shots in six seconds with the lever action, I don't mm-hmm. care who you are. That just doesn't happen, buddy. You know, it just doesn't happen. 
But then you get into, you know, you would may have the one person in the world that could go pull it off. But that's one of the things that you could just – we could glance over really quickly and say that it's highly improbable. Let's get into Let's get into the meat and potatoes of what really happens – when you have something that is covered up, and, and, the, and the essence of a cover-up is typically you'll have people start croaking around. It's like, I saw exactly what happened, or you know people like Breitbart that are like, I'm going to bring down Obama, and then he dies of a quote-unquote heart attack. And then you got Michael Hastings, I'm going to bring down the CIA, and he, his car runs off the road and slams into a tree after he says they're following, they're following me in cryptic emails. But anyway… And uh, what was the uh, what was the uh, hacker kid up there? Uh, um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Aaron Swartz. Aaron Swartz, Aaron Swartz said yeah. that he had um, yeah that he was just going to fight Sispa and Sopa to the end, and then um, and then he ends up hanging himself. If well, you, guys you know what? You know, that. And, and I I really dig this, by the way, and um, I, I I shouldn't because I really wish I was wrong. I'm going to go a little Alex Jones on you. Uh, you know. I really wish this stuff wasn't true. I wish every day that I wasn't right about this stuff. But, um, you know, for everybody, when you get called a kook and you're crazy and you're crackpot theories and all of this stuff, and when you do the research and you do the time to look into all this stuff, which I spent before I ever had a show or anything like that, I, I hid away for years and just researched and read and looked stuff up and looked up case laws, and it, it goes on and on and on and on. And, you know, this Brittany Murphy thing is starting to come back around. And I'm like, mm -hmm. yeah, I told you that in 2009. And everybody's, uh, you know, all of these people that are not, you know, uh, quote, our people or, or don't research or look into uh, this type of material are, mm -hmm. are starting to hit me up the past couple of days um, going, Wow, like, uh, yeah, you know what, listen ahead of time, you know, uh, by the way... Well, it's not even it's, that, it's just you have to, anytime something like that happens very spontaneously, it would always be, you just run through just grammar, logic, and rhetoric, and then, and then after that, you know, using all of those tools that you should have in order to figure out if this story is valid by using those tools, and then... Take it a step further, and then all you have to ask yourself is who stands to gain. It's like when the Discovery Channel puts out puts out a documentary. Who stands to gain from that? The Discovery Channel is not going to get ratings over that. The History Channel is not going to get ratings over that. They're both owned by the same corporation. They're doing these things to distract you and to put your mind at ease to say, listen, we're the authorities. We've done the research. We, it's, it's over. I mean, it's solved. Debate is over. You can go back to watching Thursday Night Football. I mean, it's sure. really that simple. And, and in most cases, too, um, you know, I, I, I hear that thrown out, out a lot, that tagline, um, you know, who stands to gain. Um, mm -hmm. I also like to say uh, follow the money as well. Sure, absolutely. Issue, depending on what sort of issue that we're talking about here. Uh, well, if, in Kennedy's uh, case, who who would who would actually be follow the money there? It would be the the Federal Reserve System itself. Absolutely, absolutely. Go straight. Oh, to by the, the way, um, once again, if you didn't catch the first part of the show, we will be downtown in Atlanta outside of the Federal Reserve Building, having a little powwow from four to six, four to nine, or seven p.m. tomorrow. Um, we'll have bullhorns, extra banners, bring it on, everybody. Let's go out there and tell these people that we understand what the deal is, 
and uh, we're not afraid. I mean, you can kill the president in broad daylight, and I think that that's what they were trying to get across in the old days was, hey, listen, don't cross us. We'll pop you. It's kind of like the old um, – who was the comedian that said um, – oh, gosh, he's one of my favorite. Bill Hicks said, you know, mm. the first day that the president gets into office, they probably yeah. sit him down and say – they show him a, a film footage it, of the I assassination of – Right. Yeah, I was thinking about that during the clip. Uh, he says, uh, "He says, you know, no matter what what promises that you do on the campaign trail, whatever, doesn't mean anything. I, I have this theory that once you're elected president, the twelve industrialist capitalist scumfucks that got you in there in the first place sit you down, and there's a smoky room, and a guy lighting up a cigar goes, roll the film, and it's." The Kennedy assassination from an angle you've never seen before that's suspiciously off the grassy knoll. And then they just roll the film back up and they go, any questions? Uh, just what my agenda is. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And we don't mean to make light of it, but, um, you know, it is something that... Healing um, through humor, we call it. Healing absolutely. Humor. Oh, yes, absolutely. Because if we don't laugh about this stuff every once in a while, people, we will go insane. Especially if you start reading and researching the history of Skull and Bones. Um, once again, I always divert to uh, the conspiratologist uh, Josh Wiley for for interesting books and interesting reads that take me down the rabbit hole. And um, he, he is yet to uh, yet to fail me. All of his books that he's recommended have been primo, and um, I've had a lot of fun reading them, but also a lot of uh, sleepless nights. So if you're out there listening, Josh, thank you, and um, we hate you very much for keeping us up at night. But anyway, let's oh, go man, into this. Oh, man, that kid is sharp, man. He's, he, he, he makes me better at what I do, so absolutely. He makes me he makes me want to uh, to learn and have uh, deeper philosophical conversations um, on many different levels. So a uh, big asset to the journalistic revolution and also to my podcast when he's able to come on here. So um, let's talk about the deaths, Trip. And I'm going to read a couple of yeah. clips here. And this was actually researched by uh, Jim Mars and Ralph Sh- um, Schuster, um, two very very prominent researchers. Um, I have read. Um, a couple of Jim Mars's books and watched a couple of his lectures. They're they're fascinating, and once again, it's just to get you outside the paradigm and get you a little bit uncomfortable because, let's face it, some of this stuff is uncomfortable to even think about, but you have to... Well, Jim, um, Jim is, a, Jim is an, an intimidating character. Just to listen to him speak, um, mm-hmm. you know, he, he, he does come off as, um, you know, very... Uh, very sharp yet very intimidating. Like uh, you, you want to sit down because Daddy's going to teach you something right now. Well, like yeah, just, I don't. He has he's been field. researching this. He's been researching the JFK assassination for a long time and actually taught a um, taught a class and I think it was at uh, at UT on the JFK assassination. So mm-hmm. you know, of course, uh, I was watching uh, the Daily Show uh, rerun from last night, and they had. Um, establishment um, anchor up there can't remember who it was but he's got his own book about jfk and of course he's like well you do have those people down there with their dvds and saying that it was a a a pistol that killed him and they can't substantiate anything and just completely whitewashing it 
And, um, you know, I understand that that the establishment paid your paycheck for a very, very long time, and they probably told you they were going to whack you if you ever went off the reservation. But they're trying to collapse the economy, jackass, and your grandchildren and your children are not safe from this stuff. And it doesn't matter how many, you know, how many ones and zeros you have in your account. You're going to have to live with the fact that you didn't tell the people the truth, and that's something that we're not going to have to live with because – to the best of our knowledge, we're giving you what we understand to be the truth through research and through trusted sources and through forensic evidence. How dare we? All right. So anyway, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, and that and that's really what it is for me as well. Um, I I just I am a guy of truth. I'm like get down to the truth. If I can't do that, I live my life uncompromising to anything else but trying to get that across and hopefully be relatable enough to to enough people to be able to um, you know send that message through. And I'm I'm completely unafraid. I'm ready for whatever is going to come my way to live my life in as much truth as possible. Well, you've already had some interesting goings on, and so have I. So, we'll we'll table all that stuff. That's you know back office stuff. But um, you know it's it's creepy. But then again, if um if you're getting creeped on, then um then you're over the target. So here's what the, here's what the article says. It says in a three-year period which followed the murder of JFK and Pre- or President Kennedy and Lee Harvey Oswald, 18 material witnesses died. Six by gunfire, three in motor accidents, two by suicide, one by a cutthroat, one from a karate chop to the neck, and three from heart attacks, and two died from natural causes. Just like the guy after the 9/11 commission that um, that appeared on the um, that appeared on um, I think it was uh, oh gosh what was it uh, 9/11 oh my god what is the name of that trip oh, help me out. No, 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 no. Help me out. The um, what was the the original 9/11? What was the original 9/11 movie? Documentary. Yeah, yeah. Change, loose change. Loose change. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, the the gentleman on there died suspiciously like three months after they aired that movie. But you know, nothing. Once again, people start dying, start asking questions. That's all I got to say. And it says, in, actual, in actuality, engaged by the Times of London, concluded on November 22, 1963, the odds of the witnesses being dead by February of 1967 were 100 trillion or, – well, excuse me, that was a low number – 100,000 trillion to one. The above comment of the deaths and assassinations to the witnesses is published in a tabloid compliance piece known as an executive action released in 1973. By that time, part of the mythology of the Kennedy assassination included the mysterious deaths of people who were connected with it. And by the mid-1960s, people in Dallas were whispering about the number of persons who have died in strange and questionable circumstances. Well into the 1980s, witnesses and others were hesitant to come forward on information of the stories of the strange and sudden death which seemed to visit anyone with any information about the assassination, much like we talked about before, Trip, It's like, hey, I got intel. Oh, really? Nope, too bad. Bob got, Bob got killed in a car crash. Don't know what happened to him. And it says, um, finally in the 1970s, the house – this is what we referenced before. Excuse me. 
The House Select Committee on Assassinations felt compelled to look into the matter. But aside from discreeting the Times of London, um, the London Sunday Times um, articulal study, the committee was unable to come by any conclusion regarding the growing number of deaths. The committee said that it would not make a valid article or, excuse me, architectural study due to the broad number of types of people in which it included to be in such study. In the response to the letter from the committee, the Sunday Times of London legal manager, Anthony Whitaker, stated, Our piece at odds against the deaths of the Kennedy witnesses was, I regret to say, based on some careless journalistic mistake and should not have been published. This was realized by the Sunday Times editor in the first edition in which the United States had gone and later editions were amended. There is no question of our accuracy having got this answer wrong. It's simply that we asked him the wrong question. He asked if the odds against the 15 people named in the population of dying in a short period of time in which he replied correctly were very, very high. However, one asked the odds of the 15 people who included in the Warren Commission Index dying within given period. The answer, of course, they were much, much lower. Our mistake was the threat to reply for the former question in the deal of the latter, hence the fundamental error in the addition, and we apologize. This matter was settled for the House Committee and apparently made little or no attempt to seriously study the number of deaths which followed the assassination. And then it goes on from there. But, you know, Tripp, that's kind of the way that it goes with these guys. You know, it's always it's always open and shut, and then there's a retraction. And, you know, somebody's boss called somebody well, else's boss and said, hey, we better, we, better, we better walk this back. Well, and I wanted to bring this up when we were talking about uh, media earlier. And, uh, you know, we were talking about, uh, you know, I pulled that clip. Me and, me and Robert went over that uh, Ben Swan interview with uh, – you know, to pull it for a promo, and I was listening to some of it. And, um, you know, Ben was right in saying, you know, things like, uh, don't, you know, you're not a citizen journalist. You're either a journalist or you're not, you know. But, you know, the the hierarchy is that uh, will you go along with the party line story or not? Now, this is where people like us sort of, uh, you know, butt heads with the establishment here is that, you know, media is supposed to be the fourth branch of government, and sure. um, they have they have turned heel and and run. You know, and now the people like us that are out there doing it are criminals to say the least. You know, mm-hmm. and uh, a lot of the things that we try to do are um, looked down upon by authority figures, establishment, hell, even some of our own family members. If if you get my drift, but well, you no, know, it's it just, it, you know, if you go out there and challenge the narrative, if you if you challenge right. the narrative, and I don't think that, I don't consider myself a journalist by any means, even though I'll go and, you know, maybe write an article every once in a while or, or document something or, or do a, um, you know, film a protest, I don't think that that makes me a, a quote-unquote well, journalist. Yeah, media yeah. is probably a, a better example. There we go. But um, you're, you're exactly right. If you if you question the status quo, then that means that that means that you take a different approach to um, the life that you live than other people choose to approach their life. It doesn't mean that necessarily that I'm wrong or they're wrong. It just means that they choose 
And this is one of the things that's really hard for most people that get into conspiratology and, and research and, and, and reading of you know, globalist publications and, and trying to understand really how the world works on a, on a, on a macro scale instead of a micro scale. Sure. Then you, you run into the conundrum of people that don't want to know. And then, you know, at, at that point, you just have to, and for this is just for people that are, I mean, if you've listened to my show for long enough, you understand that, that I've been at this for quite a while, and not, not to say that I'm, you know, the most intellectual person on the planet, but when I do research things and I talk about things, I, I know what I'm talking about from a certain point of view, and what happens is you have people that don't want to hear that point of view, and then they switch off. Don't necessarily get discouraged by those people because those people will never want to know that point of view. They're just going to right. keep I, there, I have, I have, and they're going to they're going to immerse themselves in the ether that they um, that they're in, and and that's fine. That's what they choose to do with their life. If you're a volunteerist like myself, then that's what they choose to do. So let them do it. And for the other people that are inquisitive and you make a statement like I made a statement about Bitcoin to my family um you know 8 months ago and and now it's up over $775 and now they're asking questions and I've got friends asking questions on Facebook which is great because now the dialogue can begin well why is this so successful what is this what does it do how is it different than what we use now and then once you start having that conversation about well the system that we use now works like this then that really gets their their ears and their excuse me that really gets their wheels turning I think. Well, and and that's what we were talking about earlier as far as building your cred. I mean, you strike me as a guy just as I am that's humble enough to be like, hey, look, I've been trying to tell everybody this for a long time, but unless Wolf Blitzer and Ben Bernanke or start talking about Bitcoin, you're probably a kook up until that point, and then you get and then the people that you're surrounded by start to get inquisitive about it. Like that's mm -hmm. that's the part that's most disturbing and uh, frustrating, frustrating more than all to to me is that you know until you know Sean Hannity or somebody else picks it up, it's off their radar. And the other sure. bad thing is that you sit here and you go. Well, look, you can rattle off I'm, – I'm that guy, too. I can rattle off uh, bullet points and names and dates and treaties and all of these different secret agreements that have taken place, all, all of this other kind of garbage you know, that, that, that I've got jumbling around inside my head. Sure. I can, rattle, I can rattle that stuff off, and most people are sitting there going, I don't want to look – basically what they're saying is, I don't want to look that deeply into it, and I would rather just tune you out. And Correct. It, they're comfortable, that's the and, and that's, you know, apathy, apathy is, the, is the tool of destruction in America right for now. Sure. For sure. So you, we got about 10 minutes left, Trip, and um, I did want to play a little bit of the Jim Garrison clip, but it's 10 minutes long, and I, I really don't feel like you know cutting it up because I don't think it'll do it justice. So I might well, just add it. To, huh? Yeah, let's just cut, let's just cut loose for a little while. Man. All right, you let's know, do this. All right, so let me let me ex hold on. I gotta I gotta do some back of the house paperwork here and go ahead and extend the time <laughs> so we don't get cut off. For those of you, once again, for those of you listening live, we do appreciate it and. Um, Trip, while I'm setting this up, just um, plug your stuff really quick and where people can find your show and um, and um, also plug the journalistic revolution. I think that the the segment that we did last night was 
was by far one of the most fun segments I have ever done in radio. Oh, yeah, and, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's rare, but, um, you know, I think the last thing that we had that we were going that well on was the roundtable event when Josh came down and me and Matt and Josh and, and uh, Robert were all sitting around the table uh, recording that show, that pre-recorded show that we did. And it mm-hmm. was just uh, it was just a gas, but we did uh, anyway. You can find me post politics Wednesday Sunday nights nine to eleven here on LibertyMovementRadio.com. And the Wednesday show just got picked up by my good buddy um, Sean Raz over at RazRadioLive.com uh, as well. So um, we had a friend of ours that's bowing out. Um, he's just going to do podcast every now and then, but he had a live Wednesday show. So now Sean is taking on my show. So that's. That's cool, and uh, yeah, journalistic revolution. We're really trying to, uh, you know, expand and and get stuff in order. Uh, I think me and Robert have the bulk of the uh, <laughs> emotional and family and everything else type of issues uh, that mm-hmm. they're, that are stirring a lot of stuff. So, um, but we try, you know, we're doing our best. But we would really like to expand and get it bigger and. Um, you know, that's that's the other beautiful thing behind the message of journalistic revolution is that um, you're the guy or 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 that guy or that guy over there. You know, it, be the change you want to see, basically, you know, and it's it's just a great thing. And uh, I know you'll be out there tomorrow. Uh, I believe Jack Blood will be speaking at. Yeah, he will be. Yeah. Um, I really wish I could have made it up there uh, early, but um, I will be in town. Um, for Thanksgiving, as as you know, my family uh, it's it's my Atlanta, Greater Atlanta is my hometown, and uh, mm-hmm. I'll be up there. And uh, if you want to get together, that'd be great. I plan on doing a bullhorn event, at least just for a video, and we'll probably uh, narrow it down to you know a couple minutes from whatever we get. But uh, I plan on bullhorning the. Uh, Black Friday shoppers. So, uh, oh really, man, oh that would be fun. I I, I might be able to join. I might be able to join you on that. Okay, I yeah, that was my next question. But if you want to, dude, if um, we go to if we go to Linux, if we go to Linux Mall and bullhorn the trendies, we'll definitely get arrested. Yeah, that's why I'm, dude. I'm sticking to Gwinnett County. Okay, I'm. Yeah, I, that's that's stomping grounds. It's familiar ground to me. Well, that's okay? where so that's that's, that's where I'm that's going. where I'm at anyway. So we'll we'll get together right, on that right. offline. Yeah. And it looks you like live. that, you know, for some reason, um, the the hosting company that I use has changed their dashboard all around, and now I can't find where I can actually uh, extend the time. So for those of you that are listening live, I'm so sorry. In five minutes, um, we'll be going off air. But um, I'm going to go ahead and play the Jim Garrison clip trip, and then uh, you and I can give our last-minute synopsis on the synopsi. I don't even know what the correct term is. We can give our synopsis on the backside. And then um, if you guys want to find the podcast, you can find it on wearenotcattlenet.net. Once again, you can access it through iTunes. It's now on iTunes. 
You can also um, access it through Stitcher, or you can just go to the website wearenotcattle.net and uh, also go like my YouTube channel. If you're listening to this, it'll take you 10 seconds. We are not cattle TV. I'm going to be putting up a bunch of new videos. I'm going to um, start filming the uh, f- um, from the pasture. Uh, episode number two will be coming out um, by the end of this weekend. It'll probably get filmed tomorrow, edited up, and then uploaded sometime tomorrow. And um, it's going to be some good stuff. Very short, concise, uh, thought-provoking material because that's what it's really going to take, everybody. Two or three minutes of some bang, bang, bang bullet points for people to really think about. Forward that on to your buddies, and then um, and then we're off and running. Looks like we got another caller on the line here. Hold on one second. Caller, you are on the air. Welcome. Looks like we got another caller on the line here. Hold on one second. Caller, you are on the air. Welcome. Looks like we got another caller on the line here. Hold on one second. Caller, you are on the Okay. Um, caller, um, can, you, can you shut your uh, live stream down, and that would really help us out. I, I don't really like I don't really like my voice that much, so I mean I don't really like I don't really like my voice that much, so I mean I don't really like I don't really like my voice that much, so I mean Welcome to live radio everybody. I don't really like my voice that much, so I mean I'm dropping the caller. That was really odd. I'm freaking out, call, man. Call her, call back. <laughs> Good guy. We're not doing like mushrooms or something right now. We would probably just like fried our brains. Not, yeah. to, not that I, not that I advocate, you know, anything that is not state sponsored, everybody, because Ch- check out be, the tracer, dude. <laughs> <laughs> that would be, that would be extremist behavior. And as we know, we uh, we here at Liberty Movement Radio, as well as. We are not cattle. We do not provoke extremist behavior because um, that's just um, that's just craziness. Anyway, so um, here's the uh, trip. I'm going to play the Jim Garrison clip. Yeah, how, call- that's what, ten, 10 minutes you said? Yeah, here's the caller again. Let's see what we got here. Yeah. This is probably the NSA messing with us. Caller, you are on the air. Welcome. Yeah. Radio silence. Yeah, dead air is beautiful, isn't it? No, it's okay. not. It's really not. Not unless you're in a very, not unless you're in a very um, controlled um, rant. You know what I, I mean? I think it's Robert. I, I, I think it's good, Robert, but I'm not sure. A good um, pause is always good when you're on top of it and in a very controlled rant. Okay, but. it says that he can't talk. He's tr- whatever. Yeah, just keep typing in the chat room and. Um, Screw I'm, you, buddy. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, it doesn't matter because uh, oh, okay, I got you. It's it's Eric. Anyway, um, yeah. Oh, I see what he's saying. Oh, because we're about to cut off here, and yeah, I'm with you, Eric. Sorry. Good God, I feel like Alex Jones now. Should I try to flip the table up? Should I try to sell some base and iodine or something right now? And then we can all just coil silver. Anyway, anyway, colloidal silver, absolutely. Actually, I have been taking his nascent iodine, and that stuff is the bomb. I will admit that stuff is pretty good. And not to not to not to promote, but I will endorse Tangy Tangerine 2.0. Thank you, Josh Wiley, for introducing me to that as well. That is stuff. that the pill form? Say what? Is that the pill form? No, no, no. It's the um, it's the powdered form. That stuff is the bomb. I've got the original. I've got that stuff, uh, but uh, you know, it's 
It's got quite a pack to it, but I've heard they've come out with that in pill form as well. Oh wow! And I would um, I would rather do it that way, honestly. But yeah, the drink. I mean, the drink's good. I mean, I enjoyed it. But anyway, ah, sorry, we got way off on a tangent. All right, let's go to somebody that's talking about JFK. We're gonna go to to Jim Garrison, and then we'll uh, we'll pick it up on the backside. So, Trip, get ready. Tonight, I'm going to talk to you about truth and about fairy tales, about justice and about injustice. In the months to follow, you're going to learn that many of the things which some of the major news agencies have been telling you are untrue. You're going to learn that although you are citizens of the United States, information concerning the cause of the death of your president has been withheld from you. In the months to come, you will learn to your own satisfaction that President Kennedy was not killed by a lone assassin. You will learn that there has been and continues to be a concerted effort to keep you from learning these facts. And you will learn, I assure you, that what I have been trying to tell you and what I'm telling you tonight is true. As children, we become accustomed to hearing fairy tales. They're always pleasant stories, and they're comforting to hear because good always triumphs over evil. At least, this is the way it is in fairy tales. Fairy tales are not dangerous for our children, and are probably even good for them up to a point. However, in the real world in which you and I must live, fairy tales are dangerous. They're dangerous because they're untrue. Anything which is untrue is dangerous. And it is all the more dangerous when a fairy tale becomes accepted as reality simply because it has an official seal of approval or because honorable men announce that you must believe it or because powerful elements of the press tell you that the fairy tale is true. The conclusion of the Warren report that President Kennedy was killed by a lone assassin This guy sounds like an extremist. This does not mean that the men on the Warren Commission were aware at the time that their conclusion was totally untrue, nor does it mean necessarily that these men had any sinister motives. It does mean that the conclusion that no conspiracy existed and that Lee Oswald was the lone assassin is a fiction and a myth and that it should be brought to an end. The people of this country don't have to be protected from the truth. This country was not built on the idea that a handful of nobles, whether located in our federal agencies in Washington, D.C., or in the news agencies in New York, should decide what was good for the people to know and what they should not know. This is a totalitarian concept, which presumes that the leaders of our federal government and the men in control of the powerful press media constitute a special elite, which by virtue of their nobility and their brilliance empower them to think for the people. Personally, I would rather put my confidence in the common sense of the people of this country. The truth about the assassination of the president has been concealed from you long enough. Those forces which are fighting so hard today to tell you that they have examined the Warren report and that everything is fine and that our investigation has uncovered nothing are not merely going to lose this fight. They have already lost it. Now let me tell you why President Kennedy was murdered and how he was murdered. I also want to give you a few examples which will show you how the conclusion reached by the Warren Commission is totally impossible. 
President Kennedy was assassinated by men who sought to obtain a radical change in our foreign policy, particularly with regard to Cuba. You recall that under President Kennedy, the Cold War began to thaw, and there were new signs of an effort on the part of the Soviet Union and ourselves to understand each other. On the map, this appears to be merely a large island off the coast of Florida. But for many men, it meant a good deal more than this. In 1963, a great variety of interests existed which not only desired an American-supported invasion of Castro's Cuba, but took it for granted that it was inevitable. In the minds of many men, this island represented a tremendous emotional landmark because they had steered their courses toward it for so long and with such intensity. In the fall of 1962, the Cuban Missile Crisis occurred. It was followed by a pronounced new attitude towards Cuba on the part of the United States. Cuba, after this, was no longer regarded as an enemy and was no longer regarded as fair game for those men who, for one reason or another, focused their attention on this island. The new signs of understanding between Russia and the United States continued to develop. In June of 1963, President Kennedy, addressing students at the American University in Washington, told them, we breathe the same air as the Russians. He said, we should try to live together in peace on this earth. Well, at this point, some individuals transferred their hostile attention from Fidel Castro to John F. Kennedy. They planned the president's assassination and they planned it well. The evidence indicates that he was shot at from two different directions in the rear, and also from the right front. We know that shooting was coming from two separate directions in the rear because the president and Governor Connolly were hit in the back within a split second of each other. And this necessarily had to happen with two bullets coming from two different rifles. We know that the president was being shot at from the grassy knoll area on the right front because most of the people in Dealey Plaza heard the shots coming from there and because at least one of the president's wounds was an entry wound from the front and because men were seen running from the grassy knoll area immediately afterwards. That's why the idea of Lee Harvey Oswald as the lone assassin of the president is a fairy tale and should be brought to an end. If you the people of the United States will learn the truth that the president was assassinated by men who were once connected with the Central Intelligence Agency. Of course, this might reflect on the dignity of the CIA. But I happen to believe that our form of government is strong enough to survive the truth. I believe that you are entitled to the truth about how your president was shot down in the street and how it was done. Instead, some of the most powerful news agencies we have in our country have worked hard to convince you that everything is all right. They do not tell you that Lee Harvey Oswald's fingerprints were not found on the gun which was supposed to have killed the president. And they do not tell you that nitrate tests exonerated Lee Oswald from the actual shooting by showing that he had not fired a rifle that day. And they do not tell you that it was virtually impossible for Oswald to have taken his fingerprints off the gun, hidden the gun, and gone down four flights of stairs 
by the time he was seen on the second floor. Above all, they do not tell you of the overwhelming eyewitness testimony that shots were coming from behind the stone wall on the grassy knoll. In a choice between official dignity and the truth, dignity was given priority, and so you have not received the full truth. This is why there continue to be hundreds of documents still hidden from your eyes and classified as secret, and some of them bear such titles as Lee Harvey Oswald's Accessibility to Information about the U-2, the Central Intelligence Agency's dossier on Lee Harvey Oswald, and the CIA file on Jack Ruby. You have not been told that Lee Oswald was in the employ of the United States Intelligence Agency, but this was the case, and so I am telling you. Why, this young, uneducated man had learned to speak Russian even before he left the Marines. And there's only one way he could have learned that. Oswald had a higher security rating than his buddies in his Marine unit. During 12 hours of questioning, to give you another example, 12 hours of questioning after the assassination, there is no transcript of Oswald's statements available for you to look at. Now, it doesn't matter where you live, if somebody in your town steals a 1928 Hupmobile, what he says is written down when he's questioned. However, when the man who, is just, who has just killed the President of the United States is questioned for 12 hours, no transcript is available. There's nothing for you to look at. And believe it or not, one of the explanations given is that the room was too small to include a stenographer. And here's something else. This case has more accidental fires, more burning of paper than any murder case in history. For example, when Oswald was questioned by a federal agent in August of 1963, the notes of the interview were later burned. You cannot see the notes made by Commander Hume concerning the president's autopsy because he burned them too. One of the questioners of Lee Harvey Oswald during the yeah, anyway, that, that was the end of the clip. Um, Trip, nothing to see here. Just move right along, man. Move right along. Nothing to see here. Hold on. What's going What do you What do you got going on over there, man? We're not live anymore. We're all recording, so... Actually, yeah. we probably are live on LMR, so... If you're listening to us on LMR trip, go ahead and pull up the uh, chat board over there. I haven't even pulled that up. I got the um, I got the other chat board up here. So, and we're we're just recording, maybe live streaming on LMR. Don't know. I don't know either. Uh, what are you working on over there, man? What's going on? You, I, I feel like I lost you. Lost focus. Was that, was that too was that too mundane for you? Yeah, no, a little bit. Yeah, those old recordings really kind of get to me, but. Uh, no, I can see yeah, we're still live over here at Elmore, so sweet. All right, everybody. So if you're on Elmore, go ahead and you can message us or you can call into the show if you want, six oh two seven five three nineteen sixteen. Actually it took my uh took my show number down, so I guess you can't call in. So just uh listen to Tri- Trip and I just rant and rave about this. So anyway, let me get this straight. You question him for twelve hours, no documentation. Um yeah, so Nothing to see here. Everything's fine. I mean, obviously he did it because he 
he um, he admitted to it. So that's fine. Everything's good. It's all good, Trip. Story open and shut. Magic, magic, right. my yeah. little pony well, bullet. Well, we've also seen this. Like, let's dive a little bit deeper and not just talk about this issue, but some, but also some other case studies to back this kind of stuff up. You sure. know, this is when we're talking about the the torture rack, as it were. You know, um, you know, I forget what movie it is. I want to say it's a, a a military type movie, and they're like, what do you, you know? Somebody is in the middle of being tortured. Um, fuck, it's uh. No, it was Reservoir Dogs, and mm-hmm. and, uh, and Chris Penn comes in, and he says, what the hell are you doing? He's like, yeah, you beat him long enough, you'll tell him that he killed Christ or whatever. You, you, he'll tell you he killed Christ, you know, or whatever <laughs> whatever it was that he said. You know, it, it doesn't necessarily make it true. So mm-hmm. we've got a lot of people that are saying, you know, and we've seen this with our, uh, quote, terrorists, uh, as it were, that, uh, you know, and this is something that the United States government has been involved in on record that, you know, they'll bring in people's families and, and things like that. And they'll torture people for months and in some cases years on end. Sure. And they won't they won't sign the document saying they did it, even though they had nothing to do with it until they, um, you know, say we're going to we're going to kill your whole family, buddy. Uh, right in know, front of so. you. And that typically that typically is what. From from the evidence that I've seen and and the um, the sources that I've um, that I've read that um, typically torture doesn't yield anything but um, fake confessions. And so, right. do you do you really want that? I mean, if torture was so great, you know, which it's not, and for some reason the American people think that it's it's some virtuous, um, you know. So because America does it, it's okay. It's blood offering. No, it's a blood offering to the American flag. It's a blood. It's a sacrifice to the uh, living tyranny that is the United States government at this point. We will bleed red, white, and blue until uh, you know it all falls away. You know, it, it's it, absolutely it's the the brainwashing and the and the the Hegelian conditioning of the American people is absolutely phenomenal. I mean, we are the case study for mind control. Probably um probably more so us than even Britain, I would think. But that's yeah, you know, no, that's just it, me maybe talking out of my butt, but I really no, do well, think Well, you know, historically historically speaking, you know, and, and when you're talking about the days of the British Empire, um yeah, it was it was probably a lot more ruthless and, and there's probably a lot less recorded history on that kind of stuff but uh i guess as the united states and i hate to use the word we but uh you know these people that have continued on this uh this uh sort of ritual have mm-hmm. uh, re- really carried the flag on over uh, across across the sea to mm-hmm. um you know uh, take take it on for themselves and really picking up the ball and running with it well, I mean, when we get into the to the overarching theme here, and that is with conspiracies, the reason I guess that they're so widely – and just trying to wrap everything up here – I guess the reason that um, that the official story is always so enticing is because of the uh, the bandwagon fallacy, and that is that since – you know, since everybody or since the majority of people believe it, well, I don't want to be one of those people. 
And it's like a peer pressure thing that where you don't want to be the one that questions it because then you get laughed at or made fun of. Trip, I'm sure that you've been laughed at and made fun of like I have until stuff comes true like you were talking about earlier. Just like, okay, you guys all think I'm crazy, but just watch what happens. Here's what's well, going to happen. I'm going to – the, the yeah, truth go ahead. is, this starts, this starts in adolescence. This starts long before we became the people that we are. This this has happened long before. Um, you know, these these sort of things now, maybe you weren't into the same sports or listened to the same music or went along with the crowd when you were kids. I mean, this is, I feel like today's culture of people like you and I and, and many others out there, we are modern-day outcasts. And kind sure. of always were, regardless of our station in life and where we came from, because that's that's a real important thing that I think that people should clue into. Because we were always, uh, I, and I, you know, you can affirm this or not. Was it but, was it something like when you were a kid? Because this is kind of the way it was yeah, for me. Like that I always like always thought that there was something. I always thought that there was something not right. Like somebody's not telling me something here. Like something doesn't. It just can't be that real cut and dry. I don't really. I don't really buy that. And then I guess a psychologist would probably come and psychoanalyze me and say, well, you have a predisposition to believe in, in crazy conspiracies. It's like, no, I just I just know that when the older that I get, the more I realize is that not many people know much more than anybody else. We've all been on this planet about the same amount of time, which is a very, very short period of time. And in humans' arrogance, the the dumber you are, this is the – most fascinating thing I think about human psychology is the less educated you are, the more that you believe that you've got it all figured out. Like the more well, the that dumber, you know. The, dumb, the dumber you are, the more that we're impressed as a culture. Sure. Sure, absolutely. But anyway, to to close up, man, what do you what do you got to say on the on the whole conspiracy uh conspiratology as as Josh likes to call it? I really like that term and I think we should propagate it. Throughout, because it's something that um, because it, it really it is a science. Valid. It makes it seem huh? more valid, <laughs> right? Because the conspiracy theory just sounds like it's a it's a theory that that um, that's been disproven or that that can be just swept under the rug and just say, oh, that's right. kind of crazy. Well, well, here's the thing about it, and this is where I cut my teeth is in this quote conspiracy culture, and um, you know the, the sad thing is is that anybody can make up. Uh, you know, green aliens from the planet Arcturus, and uh, you know that's that, that somehow how uh, can be just passed off like uh, like something along the lines of a let's just say a JFK or a 9/11 conspiracy or any sort of false flag deal. You know that it, that they just say conspiracy theory, and that's a throwaway line. Just like you needn't look any further. Um, you know, you're full of shit. Uh, that's mm-hmm. basically what's being said here. And I, if there's something I can leave everybody with, it's look into it, okay? There's going to be a certain amount of bullshit in anything that you read sure. or research, okay? But what I'm talking about here, and here is something that people like you and I, and here is a term that I don't think that is used enough. But it's something that you and I and and a handful of other people have learned through researching these types of issues. And the word here, the term is discernment, okay? Mm -hmm. 
It's, it's feeling what is right. You know which path you should be going down. Oh, mm-hmm. well, there's a, there's a roadblock up ahead. I already know that, okay? So uh, let me, let me uh, stick to some key issues that seem to have uh, a little bit more uh, thickness, a little bit more validity in them. You know, mm-hmm. so, so please, everybody, learn discernment. And if you research sure. this type of material enough, you will learn quite a great deal of it. And one of the things that I would say that, um, or one of the books that's really helping me expand my conscious uh, awakening and um, expand my um, my belief system, is a book by um, and big props to my brother-in-law that sent me this book. And and I think we should all do more of this. It's just um, out of the goodness of your heart, you know, mail a book to one of your friends. Say, hey, just text them and say, hey, what's your address? Get a book on Amazon. Get it used for like five or ten bucks. You're not going to find Tragedy and Hope for five or ten bucks, probably like 30 or 40. Mail it to him and say, hey, I think you'd like this. But he sent me a copy of C.S. Lewis's Mere Christianity, and I'm about halfway through it, and it really does address a lot of the issues like you were talking about. It talks about discernment, and all that is is human morality. And what it basically states is that is that we're governed by natural laws. We're born with these laws. There's a reason that you feel bad when you do bad things, and that's your governing compass. It's your moral compass. It, it helps sure. to let you know that what's right and what's wrong, and you'll know when you hear people talking about real true things, you say it, it just feels – Right. It doesn't mean that it's a a conspiracy theory or anything like that. Label it whatever the hell you will. But when people are telling you truth and people are telling you facts and not nonsense and repeating it, just because it looks pretty doesn't mean that it's true. You know, just because that it's um, it, that's the fallacy. Fallacy is just because the argument isn't a good argument doesn't mean that they're arguing, or don't, just because they don't present their argument in a very cogent way doesn't mean that their argument is invalid. You have to take in the information for what it's worth and understand that we don't know anything about this plane that we exist on. The only thing that we know is the experiences we have, what we can read, what we can see. And I remember one of my greatest um, history teachers, it was um, my sophomore-level history teacher, got me um, fascinated with history, but then I lost it because I got too involved with sports and didn't really care. And then I got you know involved with chasing girls and stuff like that, so I didn't really care about that kind of stuff either. But now it's come full circle, and I understand what he meant. And he said, only believe 10% of what you read – and 5% of what you see because what he was trying to tell us at a very young age is that a lot of the stuff that you're going to see and that you're going to go through in your life to, to elaborate on what you said, Trip, is just going to be fluff. It's going to be nonsense. It's going to be jargon. It's going to be there to stumble you. It's going to be there to trip you up. That's not what we're about here. We're here to sift through the information, give you data points and places that you can go and look at things And do your own research because that's what it's all about. We can't sit here and do a three-hour podcast and break down the Trans-Pacific Partnership. But what we can do is point you in the right direction, give you the highlights and the bullet points, and say, does this sound like a good idea for you and your family and your grandchildren and your children's children? So, um, Tripp, why don't you um, sum up and then um, give everybody a plug on where they can find your stuff, and and then we'll wrap up the podcast. Absolutely. Hey, thanks for having me. It was an interesting conversation tonight. I always like getting off on, on all of these different issues. I 
I don't get a chance to do it as often anymore. And so. I, I think the audience enjoys it as well because it does make for interesting conversation. I never wanted my show to be a, um, I mean, it was like a, a formal radio show for a while, but then I got to a point where I didn't think that that was going to be as effective as just um, a couple of people having conversations or me trying to um, to propagate um, what I've learned. And that's and that's all my podcast is about is you know trying to get people to to understand and think outside the box and, and to learn. And if I can point you in a, in a good direction or if you've got a good direction or a good um, a quote or a good argument for me or a good uh, research um, subject for me, then by all means, send it to me. Um, you can email me at wearenotcattle at gmail.com. You can go to the website wearenotcattle.net, and, um, or you can hit me up on YouTube or any of these other outlets. I'm everywhere, man. And go ahead, man. I didn't mean to steal your thunder there. No, no, it's your show, buddy. It's your world, boss. <laughs> but uh, no, uh, I, and I, it, last little tidbit on discernment, and I will leave you with a biblical quote. Do you recognize truth when you hear it? Just let that sink in. But uh, I'm on Wednesday and Sunday nights, 9 to 11 Eastern, here on LibertyMovementRadio.com. Like I said, Raz Radio Live just picked up the Wednesday show. Uh, for, from 9 to 11, I also, you can catch me on any given night, man, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm either doing Jake's show, or I'm popping in on somebody else's deal, I, I, I'm a real radio whore, I really dig um, doing radio, it's very therapeutic for me, it, it lets me exercise a lot of the garbage I got going on in, in my life and everything else, so tonight, I thank you, sir. And uh, also, I have a weekly spot on Dangerous Conversation on Radio I.O. Mondays at 3.30 Eastern, uh, and I cover events and uh, get into some topical conversations with them. So check that out mid-afternoon if you're ever around. Well, absolutely, and always a pleasure having you on, man. You um, you and I have never officially met physically, but um, we have met about uh, four or five times and probably missed each other in passing about 20 times. But uh, sure. I'm sure that you and I will get together over the Thanksgiving holiday because um, I'm not going to be going really anywhere. I've got a um, a wife that's 34 months pregnant, so or 34 months. Jesus, she'd probably have triplets by now. <laughs> She's 34 34 weeks pregnant, so we're not going anywhere. And that uh, that bullhorning sounds like an, a great idea. And that's what I encourage everybody to do: is get out there and get involved. I can't even believe begin to describe to you, and Trip will attest to this, how much fun it is to go out and get involved and speak up and, and speak your mind and stand up for something for, that you believe in. I heard this one quote, and I'm going to use it every, every now and again, but it says that if you don't stand up for what you believe in, do you really believe in it? And that's really what you need to take away. Do you really believe in free speech? Do you really believe that the Federal Reserve is a BS system that's screwing you, your family, and your children's family, and your children's future out of, out of your wealth, out of your life, out of your, your livelihood? And the answer to that question is yes. And as soon as we come to that reality as a collective, and as soon as we start opting out of the system, and as soon as we start paying taxes. There's actually a legislation that was introduced today. I wanted to touch on this briefly. A legislation introduced today to abolish the 16th Amendment, which would abolish the IRS. <gasps> oh my God, America, what will we do if we don't have to pay taxes? Guess what? We didn't pay a federal income tax until after World War II and we were broke. 
But anyway, that's How it. How do Obamacare uh, recipients get their get their jobs back? I don't know, man. But I t- I tell you what, as soon as the American people, because this is the system, and people please realize this, the system that you live under now, is the system that your founders fought fought they fought with blood, sweat, and tears to get away from, and then sixty years later, guess what? I mean, read Andrew Jackson's writings. Read Patrick Henry's writings. Read these people's writings. They weren't the greatest people on the planet, but you know what? They had a desire to be free individuals and say that, no, you don't get to choose the destiny of humanity. I get to choose my own destiny, and that's what it's all about. That's what being a voluntarist is all about. That's what being a, an independent, free-thinking individual is all about. You get to choose your own destiny. And as soon as you realize the power of you, and I don't mean to say like the power of yes, like um, whatever that was, um, um, Bruce Almighty, but as soon as you realize the power that you have as the individual, you are going to absolutely love and embrace your life. Thanks again to Trip Hugh for coming on board the show tonight and um, offering a lot of commentary on the JFK stuff. And uh, as always, conspiracy shows are one of my favorites because that's something that I really do have a passion for is uh, getting to the bottom of things. Let's find out who these people are, who's pulling the streams, <laughs> Rockefeller, and, um, and then we can actually turn this thing around. So um, once again, get a friend, get informed, and get involved. And if you live in the Atlanta area, I better see you down tomorrow in front of the Federal Reserve from 4 to 7 p.m. Take care, everybody. Thanks again to Trip Hugh, and uh, thanks again to the audience at Liberty Movement Radio, we will be out there representing our free speech for all of you tomorrow in lights of the global corporate combine that has taken over the entire planet. So thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks, Later.